kids? How do you deal with, you know, things around you? So that's going to be coming up. I'm looking very much forward to that um, because we want, we want to look at some biblical ways. How do you deal with issues? Okay? But tonight we're going to continue with James, and we're talking about patience and suffering. So James has moved now from talking about where the wealthy and the poor, and as you know, last week he gave the warning signs to the wealthy, and, kind of, and we kind of looked at that in ourselves to look at where do we have some idols going on. And tonight he's going to jump into patience and persecution. And again, I want to preface this by saying do not do the typical American church thing where we go, oh, that doesn't bother me, that doesn't affect me, because we don't do direct persecution. So I want us to listen and hear what the Lord is saying here, because here's the deal, guys, we're all going to be doing suffering, and it's going to be different types of suffering, but we all go through it. Not all are going to go through persecution as some have. Watchman Nee uh, is a, uh, an author who I, I really enjoy. Uh, he was uh, in China, uh, a pastor in China um, in the 40s and 50s. And he was, um, he was an amazing man and where he preached and when he was arrested. And um, during that time, his wife would take over and preached. And they would let him go back and forth at times, depending on his wife's health. When his wife died, they let him out for just a day to go and bury his wife and come back. But they put him in a prison cell this high, this wide, enough where he could do like this, but could never stand up straight to be in misery. They kind of, they, uh, so um, they gave Watchman Nee a guard. And at the end of that guard shift, that guard would be saved. So they moved the, 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 at first the guards were there for a couple of days. But they noticed that every day that those guards would become saved. Then they moved it to so many hours. Well, they noticed that at the end of those shifts. So they started moving it down to 30-minute shifts because of um, hoping that he could not get the gospel of Christ out. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite authors, um, wrote The Cost of Discipleship. He, in the 1940s, uh, is when he passed away, but in the 1930s, he had a very amazing job here in the United States, but a man got voted in by Germany, and he said, I sent something evil, I need to return to my people. That person who was voted in as chancellor in Germany was named Hitler. He moved in, he moved back, and while he saw his church disappearing uh, underneath the political pull of Hitler, he stood firm. And he stood firm so much that he had to form his own denomination. Because the Nazi government was telling him what he could preach and what he could not preach. And then he had to do something that he did not want to do, but he felt like it was needed. 
um, because he did not see the hope for the people. He was in a plot with other Christians to kill Hitler. He was caught and he was jailed. He was uh, engaged at the time and Hitler would not allow him to marry his fiancée. Dietrich stayed in jail for almost four years. He was so loved by the prison guards, they hated what they even had to do. So they weren't supposed to, but they gave him pens and paper. And he wrote, um, if you ever want to read the book, it's called Letters in Prison. Um, He wrote, you can read his letters that he wrote in prison. But the guards described him as a man every day. They described him as a man walking in a garden. Because he would walk in so much peace. When the Allied forces came in to, to, to Germany and, and, and Hitler knew he was at the end of the loss, this was 1944, he gave a special order to go ahead and kill um, a certain amount of, uh, of people in the jail. And the number one person on his list was Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he says, I cannot let that man live and be a martyr. Which I think is funny, the word martyr in Greek is the word witness. In Acts 1, 8, when it says, be my witnesses, the Greek word for that is be my martyrs. Interesting. I can tell you more and more stories like this. And this is what we think of persecution. But see, here in our state of life, in your state of life, persecution can look very differently. Where those are amazing stories, that does not take away from the kid who has to eat by himself or stand by himself around the flagpole when no one else wants to pray. Or, or he suffers uh, or he does not get promoted at his job because he stands for Christ. We cannot belittle those things that we're suffering through America because they are standing up as well. So how do we suffer? How do we have patience in suffering? So how do we endure the suffering? So we're going to look at two things tonight. Number one, to have patience in suffering. James 5-7 goes into... The righteous will wait until the coming of the Lord and when he will right all wrongs, okay? So here we come, we see that. Be patient because he's coming, he's saying. And he says, and as he's coming, I want you to think about these three examples. He says, he's coming, be patient. And as you're trying to be patient, I want you thinking about these three things to show you what I mean by being patient Because you know what is about to come. And so here are the three things he says. He says, the first example he gives is the farmer. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Okay, so he's saying here, he says, the farmer knows that he puts the seed in the ground, but he has to wait for the plant to grow. He has to wait for the rains to make this happen. The farmer has to be patient and, 
and rely that these things are going to be happening. He says, look, as you are going through suffering, you have to have patience and knowing that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And have trust in him as the farmer has trust that when he puts the seed in, it's going to grow. When we are going through suffering, we need to have patience and understand that God is going to be God. That's a hard thing to say. Because see, here's the deal. Paul was persecuted. Paul will, um, would write 2 Timothy and just a few hours later he would be beheaded. And Paul was patient and knew that whatever the Lord would do, he's going to do. If that means to rescue him from prison, as he did in Philippi, if you remember, he, uh, um, him and Silas were um, singing, and the you know, and they were rescued, and the bar the bar shook, and he went out and he rescued. There's times though that Paul was also in a shipwreck, and those shipwreck led to opportunities. Paul knew that in the patience of waiting for what God to do, within that patience, the, that God was still the King. Of kings. Our problem is when we are persecuted and we go through suffering, we immediately go, God doesn't care. But God does care. And it's through these sufferings that we sometimes can see the, the amazing work within the kingdom of God happening during the suffering. The other one, he says, is the prophets. He says, look, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. We're going to talk about him in a second, but here's the prophets. And so here's Hebrews 11, uh, 32 through 38. So if you have your Bible, Hebrews 11, 32 through 38. And what more shall I say, for a time would fail me to tell Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jethah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets who were all faithful, conquered the king, uh, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, attained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, but foreign armies in flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking, flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with swords. They went about in the skins of sheep and goats, and destitute, affliction, mistreated of all whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the desert, mountains, and in the dens and the caves of the earth. Be steadfast like the prophets. Wow, what an example. I mean, this is what the Bible says. He says, they went by sword. They were killed. They went through flogging. Um, so he says, be steadfast. What does that mean? That means to be steady. Be steady. Don't waver. 
See, some of us have a hard time being even steady for our own team and our teammates where we stand on Christ or to our family or to our friends or in our school. And he's saying we have to be steadfast. What it was is even when all these things happened, they did not doubt who was their Lord. When we have patience and suffering, we need to be like the farmer. We need to be like the prophet. The farmer who waits for the earth to produce and letting God do what he does. And then the prophet who stays steadfast in the midst of things that happen. And then we need to also be like Job. The story of Job is very interesting. The story of Job begins of Job and very wealthy, very powerful in the country. And then it says that Satan was roaming um, from here to there. And he goes to God and God says... You know, um, say uh, um, was talking about the man and, and, and humanity, and God says, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And in that, He had permission to test Job, but not to kill him. And within that, He took away His farm. He took away His children. He took away He took away all these things. And these messengers, on top of messengers, came to Job. Job had friends who came to him and were persuading him. And they thought, you surely have done something against the Lord. But he steadfast during this time. And then God blessed him more. So what about Job? It says this. You've heard the steadfastness of Job. And you had seen the purpose of the Lord how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He says, wow. When we're looking at these examples, he says, are we relying on God like the farmer? He's saying, are we staying steadfast like the prophet? But on Job, he's saying, are we remembering that our Lord is compassionate and merciful? Compassionate and merciful. What did, Job did not say, God, this is unfair. At times he did. But even in his lashing, he, he considered God a compassionate and merciful God. We forget that we all deserve death. That is what we deserve. But God sent us his son, Christ. Not because we were good. Not because we deserved it, but for his glory, for God's glory. And he says, in Job, find the example of the compassionate and mercy of God. So when we are suffering, guys, we need to rely on who God is. We need to understand and be steadfast during those times. And we also need to see the compassion and mercy of God. Lastly, the second part is to trust in God to justify you. To justify you. This last little bit here, it says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, and let your yes be yes and let your no be no, so that you may not fall under 
condemnation. A lot of times people go, man, I don't know where this verse went with James here. But understanding about these endearing trials to trust in God to justify you. A lot of times we try to justify ourselves. We try to, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, we want to be so right, we want to make sure we can prove ourselves right. And we need to understand that God truly does not need us to defend him. He can defend himself. And as we are getting justified, we can be, he can let us be justified, we can allow him to justify us. But in this, what do we learn? Well, guys, here's the deal. You're going to be going through some hard times as school's about to happen. How are you going to stand? Right now, it's been really easy for you. It's been the summer. And I know some of you in this room, it's been easy for you this summer. What's going to happen when you go back in that locker room? What's going to happen when you go back into that classroom? What's going to happen when you're about around those friends again? How will you respond to the gospel of Christ? It is very easy in a church to go, I'm going to believe. And some of you have a hard time doing that with even within these walls. Well, Ken, what does this have to do with patience and suffering? Some of us guys, we're not even willing to suffer. We're not even willing to get a, 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 a grudgent look. So how can we even wonder about being patient and suffering if we're not going to even take the stand? What did Jesus say? He says, if they did to me, they were what? Surely do to what? You. If he was persecuted, what should a Christian expect also to be persecuted? It's amazing to me when we are surprised by it. We're surprised that someone's going to make fun of us. You think? They're going to make fun of you. In America, at this point, in the United States, at this point, that's where we are. In a few years, who knows where we're going to be. Will we stand for Christ? Would you be patient in your suffering and knowing that God is going to sit at the, sit at the throne, always has sat at the throne, and never moves from his throne? Will we allow God to do that? Remember, all this is for what? His glory. Even our suffering. And that is hard for us to say. But we have to understand that everything is for His glory. And if we are His children, if you have been chosen as a child of God, our, our life goal is to be for His glory and for the advancement of the kingdom of God. And I'll be honest with you, that can be hard for us to fully understand. I want to encourage you tonight as we're going to pray. Sam and them are going to be coming up. We're going to be ending out, and we're going to actually do something a little different tonight um, at the end that we're going to be adding to our worship service, and that's benediction. But I'm let Sam and uh, Logan come up, and let's just pray right now. And Drew and I, myself, will be in the back if you need to pray or talk with someone. But just ask yourself, 
how does this word of the Lord apply to me? How does it apply to me? There is some truth tonight that probably hit you somewhere. How did it apply to you? Father, we love you. We thank you. We ask that the word of God be spoken to them. Father, we ask that, Father, that you be clearly understood, uh, that your word be clearly understood by them tonight. And, Father, that they will respond to your word and to your message. Forgive us where we have failed you. Forgive us where we are wrong at this point in our lives that we just need to say, Father, this is about you and not about us. And, Father, when we are suffering, instead of looking at you as an escape clause or a goat, that, Father, we look at sea and ask, Father, how can we show you during these times of suffering, pain, misunderstandings? Father, we just ask right now, Father, that you'll just speak to us tonight in your name. Amen.